Do you need help with your journey following Jesus? Has your Bible reading brought up some interesting questions? Um, I, I need a prayer request. Is I've heard um, pastors talk about you can't get to heaven just with good deeds. I was just wondering what you guys think. Is, the, is there a correlation between the seventh trumpet and Revelations as the last trumpet, or is he talking about some other trumpet? Finally, a place to get answers. We're ready to take your prayer request and answer your Bible questions. Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. And we do hope that you call in today at 303-690-3000. Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to today's edition of Calvary Live. And I will be your host for the next hour, Jeff Figs of Calvary Chapel Greeley, here to take your questions and your prayer requests. Again, that number for you to call in and be on the show is 303-690-3000. And love for you to call in and ask your questions and give your prayer requests. And so grab one of those open lines early. We got an hour. It goes by fast. Let's talk about the things of the Lord, the things that are important to you. Uh, you have uh, prayer requests. We want to pray for you. We want to minister to you. We want to go to God's Word for truth. Uh, what a very wonderful uh, thing and uh, that uh, and wonderful blessing it is for us to be able to go to God's Word and to be able to have this show so we can be encouraged in every way in the Lord. There's a sex, second mean for you to be able to uh, ask a question or a prayer request, and that is a dedicated text line. It was, as we always remind you, be careful and uh, be in a safe place to text. That number is 720 I'll repeat those numbers throughout the course of the hour. So if we have time, those text questions we will get to, and usually we have time to get to one or two of those questions or prayer requests. Uh, but we'd love to talk to you here uh, on the show. This is your show, and welcome everybody from uh, Grace FM listening today live in Colorado along the Front Range and up into southern Wyoming. And uh, so glad that you can join us on this beautiful, beautiful winter day the days are short, but after this week, the days get longer, and uh, we'll be celebrating Christmas in, in a week, uh, Christmas Eve services coming up, and so I want to encourage you, be sure to invite somebody out to your Christmas Eve service uh, that you have at church. People are more open to go to Christmas Eve service than any other time of the year, Christmas and, and Easter, so invite somebody and uh, just uh, pray about who you might invite. Uh, you can invite uh, lots of people, family, friends, neighbors, co-workers, um, whoever it might be. And, uh, of course, we want to get people to hear the message that Jesus Christ came, the Savior of the world, for a purpose. And the greatest gift that we can ever receive is the gift of salvation as we put our faith in him. It's a free gift. Um, Jesus did the work on the cross uh, but the coming of our Lord, being born in Bethlehem, is such a magnificent story, a wonderful story. So invite somebody out to those Christmas Eve services. I just want to remind you that here at Greeley that we have two services on Christmas Eve. They're family services, candlelight services. At 3.30 and 5 o'clock, we have a nursery available. But check out our website, calvarychapelgreeley.org, for directions. But uh, I'd love to have you come out and worship uh, the birth of our Lord Jesus Christ with us. And then also on New Year's Eve in two weeks from today, 
uh, we will be doing a prophecy update. And I've entitled that message, The Church Discerning the Times or Ignoring the Times. And so we're really looking forward to that. Um, I'd like to welcome the Truth and Hope FM uh, listeners on the East Coast. As you're listening on those radio stations, that you are a week delayed. Uh, but we welcome you to join in with us and call us at 303-690-3000. And all the online listeners that are listening throughout the country, uh, welcome, welcome. The online audience is growing. And anywhere in the country, you can call it 303-690-3000. One of the things we encourage you to do is on your smartphones or tablets to uh, download the Grace FM app so you have it with you. And not only can you listen to Calvary Live, but great Bible teaching all day long, 24-7. It's a tremendous blessing. And then welcome all you who are listening on your computers, uh, listening live. Uh, call in and ask your questions and give your prayer requests. Text us at 720-336-0897. That's the second way for you to be able to ask those questions. And so let's go to um, the first caller today in Thornton, Monica. Hi, Monica. How are you? I'm good, thank you. How are you? I'm doing good. So I called in because I was reading in the book of Matthew, and I was told chapter 27, um, when Jesus was crucified, there was um, a multitude of the saints who had died once he was crucified, and they arose and appeared to many. And I'm confused about that because I was under the impression that um, the saints don't rise until the rapture. Yeah, that's a good question that you give, Monica, and um, I'll try to—I've read on it, tried to find an answer. It's hard to have anybody even comment on it, but we also know, and you are correct, because the rapture of the Church, and for the sake of our listeners, the resurrection is dealing not just with eternal life, but eternal life with the new body. And so um, we know at the rapture of the Church that the dead in Christ will rise first, right? As First yes. Thessalonians chapter four says, and then we here alive and remain will meet the Lord in the air. So there is um, a uh, generation of Christians that will be meeting the Lord in the air. But that's when the resurrection happens for us Christians. What is interesting, Monica, it seems to indicate in Daniel chapter twelve that the Old Testament saints are going to be resurrected at the end of the tribulation period in Jacob's trouble. So. Here is Jesus dying on the cross, and and I'll read the text to you, um, that Jesus cried out again with a loud voice and yielded up his spirit. This is in chapter 27 of Matthew. Then behold, the veil of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom, and the earth quaked, and the rocks were split, and the graves were opened, and many bodies of the saints who had fallen asleep were raised. And coming out of the graves after his resurrection, they went into the holy city and peered to many. So... It, it seems like after his resurrection that there were others that appeared. Um, and so if the resurrection happens at the rapture of the church uh, or the Old Testament saints at the end of the tribulation period, what is this all about? And, and I'm not quite sure. I think that I read once Dr. John Wolvode, uh, who is a scholar uh, who's gone home to be with the Lord, expert on end-time prophecy, uh, mm-hmm. the chancellor of... Dallas Theological Survey, I believe he wrote a a comment on this, that maybe this was the first fruits of um, the resurrection, and and perhaps that's what we're seeing here. But 
Matthew records it. It's a very interesting um, event that takes place here. And perhaps some kind of the first fruits of, of the resurrection has taken place. Paul would say in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 that when the resurrection takes place, Jesus, the first fruits, and then everyone after that according to their order. So there's going to be an order to the resurrection, the church, the Old Testament saints, then there's going to be the tribulation saints, and then those in the millennium reign that that live through the millennium reign, they're going to have to have new heavenly bodies as well. So there is a a process, and this is apparently a part of that process. So hopefully that, that sheds a little light on that. It does, and I was just, you know, it caught me by surprise, and yeah. thinking on it, you don't hear anybody teach about this, so right. it kind of confused it's, me a little. Yeah, it's it's hard to find any kind of commentary on it, and uh, and that's why the only, you know, commentary that I've really read on it is um, is what John Wolfel says. I'm checking some of my notes right now um, to see if there's any other notes that I put in there. Uh, while I pull it up real quick, and um, but really, that's about all that I have for you. So, good okay, question. Well, I appreciate I, it. Thank you so much. You bet, Monica. I appreciate you calling in. You have a Merry Christmas, okay? Thank you. Merry Christmas to you. God bless you. God bless you. Always, you bet. Have a good evening. Always love it when people are reading their Bibles and and they're um, you know asking questions. And there's some things that. I, I I always um, uh, got this box that I say I'm kind of joking a little bit that I write down these questions um, that I just don't know and um, I always think boy when I get to heaven and ask these questions whether I'll care or not when I get to heaven but you know there's there's questions in the scripture that we just don't fully know or at least I don't fully know but we'll do our best to go through it and love to be able to. Uh, look at those questions. So when somebody hangs up, we have an open line, so I'd love for you to call in at Calvary Live with Pastor Jeff Figgs, 303-690-3000 is the number to call. At text line is 720-336-0897, and so text in a question or a prayer request. Love to see those texts come in, and we can always fill up to time uh, when we have uh, some available time uh, in the show sometime, but we're going to go to Greeley, and let's talk to Pat. Hi, Pat. How you doing? Uh, Pastor, I was just listening to your 3.30 show. I don't know uh-huh. if it was recorded or anything, uh, but right. in that 3.30 show, you spoke about two parables, one in Matthew and one in Luke. In Matthew, you spoke about the uh, noble person going away to a far place and leaving three individuals with different amounts of talents based on their skills. And then you went over to Luke, and you said that um, there were ten individuals in Luke's story, but it's a different story. They were given all the same amount. And what you had indicated is that that amount represented the gospel. So what I wanted to know is how did you extrapolate from Scripture that the— uh, amount of money given was a metaphor for the gospel. Well, that's just a, a suggestion that is given to you know commentators and stuff because they were given the same amount. And and what we've been given is the gospel, and we've been given the word of God. Now, back in Matthew, where it's different, 
is the talents, and they were given different amounts. And and so uh, commentators that I've read, uh, Warren Worsby, some others, uh, commonly believe that that's speaking about gifts that have been given to us, talents that have been given to us. But I think that the main um, thing to remember that what has been entrusted to us, the gospel, the word of God, you know, gifts, opportunities, talents, what has been entrusted to us, are we going to be a good steward of it? Are we going to invest it for the kingdom? And I think that's the important, um, hopefully, and, and, and in these programs, it was listening to the end of it before we went on the show, that it will be explained further in the next show because we have to divide it up into two. But, you know, we've been entrusted with the gospel, all of us, um, entrusted with the Word of God. There's one gospel, and um, the Word of God is given to us, given to us as truth. Are we investing in that to others? So, um, And then also I think the main thing to remember about the gospel is it's not only what we speak the gospel, and we are to do that, but how we live our lives. And, um, the, you know, because the gospel is something that we just don't believe. We live the gospel. And do people see in our lives the reality of Jesus Christ being worked out? So I think the main thing to keep in mind is that what has been given to us, are we investing in the kingdom of God? Because at that time in Luke's gospel, Matthew's gospel as well, this is right before Jesus goes to the cross. And in Luke's narrative, we know that the people, it tells us specifically, Dr. Luke writes, that they were expecting the kingdom of God to be ushered in right away. He's making right. his way from Jericho up to Jerusalem. He's going to make his triumphal entry into Jerusalem. They're waving the palm branches. It's all symbolic of we're mm-hmm. waiting for a political king. And so he stops and he says, listen, a nobleman uh, is going to go uh, and receive a kingdom to himself. He will come back. And those servants that he's entrusted a mina to or the talents to, they're going to have to give an account for what they have done. And and so you can tie in other things too, Pat, with it, uh, even as we're going to talk about um, in Paul talking to Timothy, that Timothy be a workman who need not be ashamed, rightly dividing the Word of God, being a worker who is approved unto God. Um, mm. And approved means you're tested. So we see all these analogies given to, we know that we're going to stand at the Bema reward seat of Jesus Christ, Second Corinthians chapter 5, uh, Romans right. chapter 14, not to be judged for salvation, because Jesus, you know, he took care of that on the cross. We're not going to be mm-hmm. judged for our sins. Jesus was, you know, took the judgment for you and for me. But with that said, what a lot of Christians don't understand, Pat, is that there's rewards and there is crowns to be given for all eternity that the New Testament talks very specifically about and and quite, um, you know, quite a bit about run the race to win the prize, crowns that are mm-hmm. going to be given, you know, um, that Jesus said to the faithful servant that invested, well done, good and faithful servant, you're going to rule over 10 cities, you're going to rule over five cities, and it has something to do with us when we rule and reign with him. And so it is believed that perhaps in the millennium reign, you know, people sometimes have the Hollywood picture of we're going to be sitting on a cloud, twiddling our thumbs, playing the harps, being all bored. That's not eternity. Eternity is going to be so glorious, so wonderful. 
we do know that our final resting place is the new heaven, new earth, the new Jerusalem, but there's the millennium reign of Jesus Christ that we're going to rule and reign with him. And I want to invest what God has given to me, and, and I want to invest it to where I want to hear those words, well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful so over a few things. Yeah, so, I'm going to so make you over. And, yeah. and every pastor makes it crystal clear that application is critical in, our, in the Christian life. If, yes. if you read about it and you study it and you can quote verses, but you don't apply it to your life and live it out, you can actually be doing damage because if somebody's on the fence and they see your actions and you claim to be a Christian right. and you're not living the Christian life, you can push them over the wrong way. Right, and you're making a very good point, Pat, because here's the thing. When Paul writes about being approved unto God, it's more than just book learning. You can be a walking encyclopedia in the Bible, but if you're not having it touch your heart and being worked out in your life, and that word is dikamos. It, 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 it speaks of back in ancient Rome that when they made coins, they had to make it by hand, and sometimes there would be those who would shave off more gold or, or silver or whatever the metal was, so the, mm-hmm. the coin was actually less valuable than it should have been. So they had these guys in the marketplaces that were honest and full of integrity that were called Dika, Dika Moss or something like that, and they would determine if coins were of actual value or not, and if they weren't, they would take them out of circulation immediately. And so what Paul is saying, it, listen, it's more than just an intellectual thing and book learning and all of this. It is, has it really touched your heart? And is the inside matching what the outside is? In other words, yeah. uh, your heart. And then, as I just said, you know, it's not just believing the gospel, that is it, but having it worked out in your life and living the gospel as a testimony to others. So very good Absolutely. question, Pat. Very good point. Yes. Pastor, thank you. It's, it's, it's always a pleasure. I enjoy listening to the show, and uh, Grace FM and, and your teachings have, have been a blessing. And uh, Thank you. Thank you, Pat. appreciate you calling in. So, hey, God bless you. Have a good evening, okay? You as well. All right. 303-690-3000 is the number to call. That text line is 720-336-0897. This is Jeff Figgs of Calvary Greeley with you today on Calvary Live. So glad to be with you. We're going to go to New Jersey where Florence is on line three. Is it Florence? It's Florice. Florice. How are you today? Hi. How are you? Good. I'm glad you called in. Thank you. I appreciate it. Always love to hear from you you guys on on the East Coast. (laughs) <laughs> rainy. <laughs> rainy, not snow yet, but Is rainy. It, I I hear that. I hear you're getting some weather over there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um my it really my I have a problem. It, it's not um and it's and I need help. Um I have a son who has twin daughters and I he is manipulating me and telling me that the only way I can see my grandchildren is by giving him things. Um, I asked him what he wanted for Christmas for the girls, and he told me that he wanted something extravagant that 
that quite frankly, you know, is just a little, I have other grandchildren and I thought it was a little bit over the top. And I told him this and his answer to me was, well, if you don't get this for the, the girls, um, why bother at all? You, you, you know, you don't see the girls as much as you want to see them. And if you don't want to get this present for the girls, bother at all and as they were his exact words and and it it it's killing me it's it's absolutely yeah. killing my heart and it, it's yeah. very painful to to feel that that my son feels that way and i don't yeah. know what to and do I'm, I'm so sorry that you're going through this and all you can do is be honest like what you're saying and and when your son has conditions laid out you can only see my my you know kids your grandkids um if you do this if you buy this is very unfortunate and you're being honest and saying I can't I can't do that and that's all you can do right now is be honest and and tell them that I love to see my grandkids I'll do all that I can but this is what uh, all I can get them and I yeah, love them I mean, I love I, to see them I, yeah and it sounds like that's what you've done and, and he, and I mean, uh, I've, I've given him money without, without question, without hesitation. And I, yeah. I, I you know, I, I hear him say, you know, oh, mom, I'm going to pay you back. Or, oh, dad, I'm going to pay you back. And he yeah. doesn't. And, and it's gotten to the point where he, quite frankly, owes us thousands of dollars. And, okay. um, he doesn't see it that way. He sees he he thinks that we owe him this. Yeah, and and, and, and he says that, and then he says, "Well, yeah. you know, you have all this money," and and I tell him, I said, "You know, you you, know, you think we have all this money, and we don't. We we give you this money out of the goodness of our heart, and we know that you know that if you can pay us back, you'll pay us back. If not, you 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 know, it's okay." But. Yeah. Now it's getting to the well, point where he's saying to me, you know, um, you you do this or 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 don't see the yeah. girls, and yeah. and he's and holding that over my head. Yeah, and it's hard when somebody gives you an ultimatum, and all you can yeah. do is be honest. And you know what we're going to do right now is pray, okay? And that's where yeah. you're at a place of praying. And Father, I pray for my sister; she wants to see her granddaughters, um, her grandchildren. Lord, I, I just pray that for her son. Um, that you would just soften his heart and open his eyes, um, that he should see it as a blessing that um, that grandma wants to be a part of his children's life and to bless them. So, Lord, I just pray that whatever is going on, that you would just be f- with Florence, just give her wisdom and what to say, patience. I know she's brokenhearted because um, Christmas it is so hard when when these uh, things come up, and there's uh, relationships that are strained and severed. And so, Lord, I just pray that you would do a healing work, that Lord, that she would be able to just be a part of her grandchildren's lives and to bless them, and that uh, the manipulation and ultimatums and all that, which are not going to bring about your righteousness or or is not your way, that would go away. And, Lord, that you would just minister here healing and restoration of every sort. And I just pray for a blessed Christmas. Uh, while there's still days ahead for Christmas and the new year, 
and that um, that you would just do a work in this family, do a work in, in my sister here that wants to see her grandchildren, and Lord, that um, you would do it in every way uh, to bring restoration in Jesus' Jesus. name. Amen. Hey, Amen. I'm so sorry. You keep praying, okay? Thank you. Yeah, and, I mean, that's that's the only thing I can do. Uh, and, you know, I yeah. just give it to him, and I say, you know, whatever will be, yeah. will be. And, and yeah. uh, you know, I just, I, I don't yeah. know what else to do. <laughs> and I'm, I'll be praying for you as well. Keep, Thank keep you. in touch, okay? Okay, yeah. God bless you. All right. Thank you, you too. Bye-bye. Uh-huh, bye-bye. 303-690-3000 is the number to call. I think that we have open lines as we started out with some callers. You can text in a question or a prayer request at 720-336-0897. I know that Christmas is only a week away. It can be very difficult and can be very hard And with uh, family, with friends, situations, uh, with the new year coming. If you need prayer, we'd love to pray with you and minister to you. Um, any way that we know how, and um, and just want to do that. Uh, again, um, we just uh, hope that uh, we can be a blessing to you uh, at this Christmas season. Uh, there is Michelle um, on line one from Centennial. Hi, Pastor. How are you today? I'm good. How are you? Good. Um, I just had a quick question. Um, I was wondering what the definition of a Zionist is. And are all Jewish people Zionists? Well, Zionist has to do with um, with uh, with Israel being a nation. So those who believe that Israel belongs back in the land, um, that 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 is their land, what God has given to them, that really is the definition of a Zionist. And so, not every um, one who's Jewish could really declared himself a Zionist. Um, there are um, those who say that even, um, you know, even Christians are Christian Zionists and all that. But it's just a nationalist movement for the Jewish people uh, is what it is, and for the Jewish state that they're in. And those who believe in it, um, that God gave them the land, are called Zionists. Um, what is interesting, Michelle, is I was in New York in August, and I was actually over by uh, the the UN building, and it was on uh, a Saturday when it was the Sabbath, and there were a group of Jews, and they were dressed like Orthodox Jews that had um, protest signs, and they were protesting and waving their sign out in front of the UN, and they said, you know, um, free Palestine. Um, they were anti-Zionists, is what their sign said. So not everyone who has of Jewish descent is a Zionist. So a Zionist is one who really believes that the land belongs to them, that believes in a national Israel, uh, that they're back in their land. And that's a simple definition to that. Okay, yeah, that's, that's kind of what I thought. I just wanted to... Uh, make sure that I was correct in my thinking. So, yeah. Okay, well, thank yeah. you so much. I really appreciate it. You bet. You have a Merry Christmas. Thank you. You too. Bye-bye. You bet. When we do our New Year's Eve prophecy update, one of the things that we're going to talk about is um, that Israel plays a, a very important role in the last days. And 
the message, as I said in the prophecy update, is the church discerning the times or ignoring the times. And, and I think that what we see today in the church is interesting that there's been a growing trend in what is called replacement theology, where the church re- is Israel. It doesn't just replace Israel, but the church is Israel, and Israel uh, doesn't play a role in the last days. And uh, we're going to talk more specifically about that, but it's so important for us as Christians that we be one that we know what the Scripture clearly says um, about the end times, the role of Israel, the role of the church. And uh, so we welcome you to come out on New Year's Eve here at the church. Hey, we're coming to break. So we got open lines, 303-690-3000. Grab one of those open lines. We got plenty of time, second half, and we'll be right back in about 90 seconds. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Welcome back to the second half of Calvary Live. This is Jeff Biggs of Calvary Greeley with you for the next half hour of the show. So we got a couple open lines. Give me a call and um, love to talk to you about the things of the Lord. If you got questions about your Bible reading or Christian living or our worldview, maybe about Christmas, uh, as we're in the season of Advent, maybe you got a question uh, on uh, the second coming because uh, Jesus promised he'd come back. Maybe you just uh, got a question that your Bible reading has brought up. Love to talk to you and uh, do my best to bring clarity and understanding as we go to the Word of God together. There's a text dedicated line for you to ask questions and to uh, give prayer requests. 720-336-0897 is that number. So glad to be with you. Um, I just want to say, um, uh, as I got a few minutes, as we'll uh, go to the phone lines, we got a couple open lines. So grab one of those open lines. Uh, but tomorrow, uh, I know that Calvary Church is having a very special service uh, as they're going to be celebrating 20 years of ministry. And I just want to say congratulations. God bless you guys. All glory goes to God. And uh, how wonderful um, it is that you're going to be uh, just celebrating, giving thanks to the Lord for 20 years of ministry. It, it's just to think that uh, 20 years ago, um, that there was no Calvary Church. Uh, perhaps it got started a little bit earlier than that. But God has done an incredible work through Calvary Church. And I know Pastor Ed came out, and there was a Bible study that had started that Dave Love had done, and, and that testimony will be given. But what God has done in the last 20 years is um, is absolutely amazing. So uh, God bless you, Pastor Ed, Marie, the family, all you guys on staff. You're such a blessing to us up here in Greeley. And, and we're just so thrilled, so full of joy and great things that the Lord has done through your ministry. And part of that being Grace FM and Calvary Live and, um, and just uh, looking forward to more. Uh, we are here for such a time as this to minister the gospel and, and the truth of God's word in the days in which we are in. And uh, I'm very thankful for the way that Calvary Church and Pastor Ed is reaching not only Colorado, but the nation and even different parts of the world 
God bless you guys. Congratulations. As the Lord tarries, may you just continue to to minister um, in a way that is pleasing to the Lord, giving the gospel and the, and the word of God. And I trust that you will continue to do that. God's hand is on you guys. And we just love you guys so much. So, so thankful for you. You know, a quick article, and then we're going to go uh, to the phone lines, but just a real quick article that somebody gave to me um, that according to a recent study by the Pew Research Center, Christians make up 65% of the U.S. adult population. Uh, You know, some people say they're Christians and, and, you know, are they Christians or not? But this is what the... Pew Research Center says, and that's down 12% over the past decade. People who don't identify with any religion are on the rise, now making up more than a quarter of the population. Those numbers sound drastic, but Timothy Biel, a professor of religion of the chair of the Department of Religious Studies at Case Western Reserve University, says they're not very surprising at all. Religion has been trending down for decades, especially with younger generations. In the study from Pew Research Center, they found that compared to more than 75% of baby boomers, less than half, 49% of millennials, describe themselves as Christians. Another 40% identify as either atheist, agnostic, or nothing in particular. The rest say they belong to a non-Christian faith. Biel says that there are several different factors in play when it comes to those trends. For one, there's less social pressure on younger people to identify as religious. Also, other institutions have taken over the roles that churches and religion typically would fill. So things like, and this is what surprised me, CrossFit, SoulCycle, Pure Bar, those are all exercise trends that are very popular. They provide community, and there's a kind of a ritual structure to what they do together. I've heard stories of, you know, the CrossFit leaders and Pure Bar instructors getting ordained so that they can perform weddings or funerals for members in their community. Um, Another reason for the decline might be that people feel like they can't ask questions on teachings or positions within religion. And so um, it's unfortunate. Um, We know that the one, you know, who... who, um, who came up with Facebook, that he said a year or two ago um, that Facebook is going to replace churches. We need to be in church, and we need to answer people's questions, and that's what this show is all about. But, um, you know, I, I think about Paul in First Timothy chapter 4. He says, exercise of the body is little. There's nothing wrong with exercising, but what is happening is people are belonging to groups, and these exercise groups are fine and dandy, but um, we're going to wear out our bodies someday. And there is an eternity, and there is a God in heaven that has provided eternal life through Jesus Christ. And that's the message we want to give. So minister to people. Give them truth. You know, talk to them. Give them truth in love and, um, and speak to them with compassion and uh, with gentleness and kindness. Let them know there's a God that created them and loves them and, and sent his son to die for them. And that's what we need to do. And I I, I am so thankful for uh, places like Calvary Church and, and others that are committed to the Word of God and giving the gospel. So just wanted to pass that along. It it reminds me. But, hey, we need to get back to the phone lines. We do got an open line, 303-690-3000. But let's go to Kathy in Aurora. Hello. How are you, Kathy? I'm doing okay. My question is, um, a lot of people, you know how they say that 
your mom's watching you from heaven or whatever like that. Where in the Bible can you tell them that? I mean, I don't necessarily believe that they watch us from heaven, but I'm not quite sure what it says in the Bible. Well, uh, there are some who will get that from, um, and I'm not so sh- sure that this verse is actually speaking on that. In Hebrews chapter 11, uh, the author of Hebrews goes through the hall of faith, all those who are of faith. And then in chapter 12, it says, Therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us uh, lay aside every weight and sin which so easily ensnares us. Let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. So there are those who have interpreted, like there's, you know, that our loved ones are up in heaven. Those of Hebrews chapter 11 are up in heaven, kind of like in the grandstands, cheering us on. I'm not convinced at all that that's what it's talking about in the context. Uh, I think what the writer is saying is, since these have gone before us, we're surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, then you need to continue to run your race just as they did, because we all have a race that we are to run. Uh, When I think about in the Old Testament, um, when... Uh, it was um, the, uh, the uh, you know, as uh, Saul, who was the king towards the end of his life, went to um, a medium and, sh- and called up uh, Samuel. And, and, and Samuel came up, and, and he, uh, there's a debate whether that was really Samuel or not, but there was no indication that he knew, you know, had been watching or anything uh, what was going on. We do know that as it was um, in Luke chapter 16 when Jesus told that parable of Lazarus and the rich man, uh, Lazarus in uh, Abraham's bosom, and then Lazarus on the place of the unrighteous dead. There's no indication that they could see or watch. Matter of fact, it was the rich man that said, can you send Lazarus back to warn my brother? So there's nowhere, the short answer is this, there's nowhere in Scripture that it indicates that they they watch us or see us, and and personally, if you're in heaven in the glory of heaven, you know with Jesus, we're going to be so enamored with Him, and um, and so there's no indication that they're up there in the grandstands watching us or, you know, watching us from heaven. And I know that brings comfort to people, but the scripture is really absent about that kind of mentality. Okay, that's what I thought. I didn't, you know, I don't think that they can watch us or you know how some people, they say they, they do things or whatever. And I just don't believe that. And I don't, I didn't have, uh, I needed somewhere to go to kind of let them know how I think and kind of... I think, I think Luke... Cha- and Luke, I, I also Luke. think that if they would see what's going down uh, happening down here that they would be, they would not be filled with the glory of God or how have that such joyous feeling or being with God. So I don't know. That's why I was just kind of... Yeah. And and Luke chapter 16 is a good text to look at. And, you know, Abraham said, you know, um, no, they're not going to go back. Um, They got the Word of God. And and then I think Hebrews chapter 12, that's a misinterpretation of, you know, they're up in the grandstands watching us. We got a race to run. And um, for our loved ones to go on before us, they're in the glory of Jesus, so enamored with Jesus in the light, 
and um, and that's what we need to be thankful for, even though we grieve and it's hard on this side. And a thought like that is is very comforting. So, hey, thanks, Kathy. Appreciate it. Thank you. God Bye-bye. bless you. 303-690-3000 is the number to call. We got a couple open lines. So, you know, I, I know it brings comfort to think, and um, we don't know everything about heaven. And, um, but I always, you know, those who have gone on before us that are with Jesus, uh, just to be so thankful that we're with Jesus. This, the separation on this side of eternity is temporary, and when we join them, it will be eternal. One day we'll all be together. One day we'll all be together. So, hey, let's go to Bailey in Morristown, Tennessee. Hey, Bailey. Hi. How are you today? Um, I'm I'm doing all right. How can we minister to you? You got a question um, for me? Yeah. Uh, so I am fairly new to the faith. Um, mm-hmm. And I, uh, I mean, I, I learned a lot, um, and I feel like I know a lot about the Bible, and I know a lot about Jesus, but, um, you know, when I pictured my life where it is now, you know, I, I, God's given me so many things, and I have a lot to be thankful for, but I still feel very distant from Him, and I still mm-hmm. feel like having a, a real relationship with him is the hardest thing for me to do. And, uh, and I'm wondering, you know, like, is God disappointed in what I've done with my life? Because I feel like I'm not where I'm supposed to be. I feel like I've made mistakes along the way. And I, I just don't know how to get back to that, that in love place that I was when I first got saved. Yeah. And, and one of the things, Bailey, that I want you to remember this, that God loves you so much. And I think we've, I'll speak for myself, there have been times and seasons in my life where I thought, Lord, you must be so disappointed in me. I'm not what I could be. I'm not what I should be. Um, you know, uh, I, I, sometimes I felt like a spiritual waste. Um, I disappoint you. You must hold me out at arm's length. And, um, you know, just kind of discussed it with me or whatever the case may be. And I want you to know something, that the Lord loves us so much. And his love for us is indescribable. It's unmeasurable. Um, It's unsearchable. And he loved you so much that he sent his son specifically for you, Bailey. And in Romans chapter 8, as, as Paul there is, is writing to the Christians in Rome, he says, oh, don't you know that we don't have the spirit of fear, but we've received the spirit of adoption where we cry out, Abba, Father. That, that means Papa. And, and, and he goes on, and the Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we're children of God. And if children, then heirs, and heirs of God, and joint heirs with Christ, if indeed we suffer with him that we may also be glorified together. And then he goes on in the chapter and he says, what shall we say to these things? For God is for us who can be against us, who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all. 
and who shall bring a charge against God's elect. And he's just talking about God's everlasting love for us and who shall separate us from the love of Christ. And he goes on, tribulation, distress, persecution, famine. No, he says, and yet all these things were more than conquerors through him who loves us. And I'm persuaded that neither death nor life, angels, principalities, powers, nor things present, nor things that come, height or depth, or any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God. Listen, there is nothing that will separate his love from you. And I want you to know this, Bailey, that when Jesus took that cross and he went to that place of execution, he did it because of his love for you. And he did it because he knew that that it would be your only hope. And as he walked up that place of execution, he was thinking about you. It was you that it was on his heart and on his mind, you specifically. I'm thoroughly convinced of that. And if he loved you then, know that he loves you now, and he's never going to stop loving you. And so you just enjoy him and keep growing in the love of Jesus Christ. And it's the love of Christ that constrains us, uh, as Paul writes in Second Corinthians, that motivates us. But don't doubt his love for you. He, he, he's... You know, sometimes we're more hard on ourselves than, than what the Lord is. And um, when there are things that we need to turn away, we'll turn away. But he's always there to receive us. And and I think about, you know, the, the father who ran to meet the, the son in that story of the prodigal. Um, he ran to meet him. Um, how he leaves the 99 to search for the one. Um, and, and Jesus is speaking about the love. Uh, of Christ. And and it was the religious leaders that were looking down at their noses saying, well, he eats with sinners, you know. He he spends time with sinners. Yes, he came to save sinners. This is what he did. And he came to save you. And he did it because of his love for you and he loves you now. And and he wants to do an incredible work in your life. So this is what I encourage you to do, Bailey. Just enjoy him. Call out to him. Draw close to him and just rest in his love. Okay? All right. Thank you. And don't let anybody, you know, there, sometimes there are people that have come in my life and it's like, God must be so disappointed in you and stuff. Listen, there have been times where where I know that that he's chastened me. You know, he's, he's um, spoken to me. He's called me to repent from something. But he does it because of his love for me. And he wants the very best for us. And it's all motivated by love. And he loves you so much. He loves me. He didn't save us, so he stopped loving us. But he will continue with that love. And um, and you are so precious to him. Matter of fact, Jesus, in his prayer in John chapter 17, he prays that, Father, that they may know that the love you have for me, you know, is the love that you have for for us as believers. That was his prayer. And I think that the father loves us as much as his son. I think no way. Um, but that's what Jesus prayed and made that statement in John chapter 17. So don't let anybody make you doubt the love of God for you. You enjoy him. You rest in his love for you. And um, and and know that he wants to do exceedingly abundantly above all that you ask or think. And there is nothing that will separate his love from you. All right? Okay. Bailey, sometimes we think we have to prove our spirituality. And um, we just come to him as we are and say, here I am, Lord. 
and and live in his love because you'll do more in love than you'll do in your own strength and energy and and you know one of the ways that I can get real disappointed, you know, and get down and discouraged is when I focus on me because I know that that I'm not what I could be and should be. But I want to continue to live in his love and move forward and to 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 just enjoy him, you know, enjoy the Lord and um and to, to just rest in the fact that Lord you do love me and you'll never stop loving me. All right? All right. Thank you so and much. Can I pray for you? Absolutely. Father, I thank you for Bailey calling, and I pray she never, never doubts the love that you have for her. And Lord, it was your love that that sent your son, and your son went to that cross, um, dying for our sins because of his love. And I know that as he went to that place called Golgotha, as he hung between heaven and earth, it was Bailey that was on his heart and mind. And he says, this day in December 2019, right before Christmas, that Bailey, that I love you, and I'll never stop loving you. And that she would just really come to know the love of the Father, that there's nothing that will separate his love from her. And Lord, that she would rest in that. She would believe that and enjoy you and know that she has the spirit of adoption. I pray that you would bless her, make yourself real to her this Christmas season, and that she would come to just, um, Lord, to that place of um, just learning more of your love. And so, Lord, just just minister to her heart, bring comfort that she needs. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Okay, Bailey? All right. Okay. You take care, okay? Thank you. Okay. All right. All right. The Lord loves you guys. He loves us. Um, and there's nothing that will separate us from the love of God. So I hope we live in that. Let's go to Felicia in Parker. Felicia? Hi, Pastor. Hi. How are you? I am well, thank you. How are you? I'm doing good. Thanks for calling. Yeah. Um, I so grateful for your guys' ministry. Um, it's oh, definitely it's a been privilege. a blessing in mine and my husband's life. So, sure. um, I have been asked a question about Revelations. I'm not mm-hmm. completely familiar with Revelations. Um, it's one of the books where I don't want to say I'm hesitant to read, but I'm very aware um, of mm-hmm. the eye-opening experience it'll be, it'll bring in reading it. Um, However, uh, the question I had led me to read um, chapter 7, and then I tried reading chapter 6 to try and Mm -hmm. kind of wrap my head around what I was reading, (laughs) but I I don't think I'm understanding. Um, It speaks on um, 12,000 from each tribe, I believe. Yes. Um, And I'm just curious as to... It, is that like who will be saved, or or who will you yeah. know go during the first tribulation, or um, yeah. I don't yeah. even know if Good I'm wording questions. any of this correctly. <laughs> yeah, you are, you are. You know, one of the things, Felicia, is um, in our prophecy update. I'm going to do on New Year's Eve. You know, and I've been talking a little bit about it, discerning the times or ignoring the times. I've read a statistic that 90 percent of churches now will not talk about the rapture of the church or teach through the book of Revelation. 
Their churches wow. just won't do it. And I think that's very unfortunate. The book of Revelation is there to to reveal Jesus Christ. That's what the word means, the revelation, the unveiling of Jesus Christ to a greater degree. John's on the island of Patmos when he receives the revelation. He's going through persecution by Domitian, and, and they needed to know that the Lord was on the throne, and that he's coming back, he's going to establish his kingdom. So as you go through the book of Revelation, in chapter 1, verse 19, it gives us the outline. I'm going to go through this fairly quickly while we just got a few minutes. But, okay. John, write the things down that you have seen. In chapter 1, John saw the resurrected Lord. Write the things which are, that's chapters 2 and 3, that's the church age. And then write the things, thirdly, that will take place after this. That's chapters 4 to the end of the book. That's all yet future. So as you read it, chapters 4 and 5, there's this heavenly scene. I believe what we see in chapter 5 is the church singing that new song. And then in chapter 6, in chapter 6 through 19, it speaks of that seven-year period called the tribulation period. So chapter 16 begins with the first seal being opened up, and that's the writer riding on a horse, that he is known as the Antichrist. So the mm-hmm. tribulation starts with the Antichrist on the scene, and it correlates with Daniel chapter 9, verse 27, that he will come, he will make a covenant with Israel for seven years, one week. Well, then the seals are opened up, and then you go into this interlude um, in chapter 7. So you see that in the book of Revelation. you got the sealed judgments coming, the, the, the riders, the four horsemen, the fifth mm-hmm. seal is the cry of the martyrs. Sixth seal is this cosmic disturbance. And then before it gets to the seventh seal, which will cause seven angels to stand up with trumpet judgments, the seventh angel that blows his trumpet, seven more angels stand up with bold judgments. But before that, you have these interludes. So chapter seven is this interlude, this, this pause, if you would, to give us further information on what's taking place in the tribulation period. So he says that there's 144,000, each from the 12 tribes of Israel, they're going to be sealed by God. So they are going to be ones, 12,000 believing Jews, from 12,000 from each of the 12 tribes of Israel. And then in verse Mm -hmm. 9, After these things, then I look a great multitude, which no one could number, of all nations, tribes, people, and tongues, standing before the throne and before the Lamb clothed with white robes. And so... Their ministry, this 144,000 that we are being told, they're like 144,000 evangelists that are going to go throughout all the world, and they're going to evangelize. So it's going to be like having 144,000 Billy Grahams or 144,000 Greg Lorries or 144,000 Ed Taylors, you know, that are going around ministering, evangelizing the world, and so many are going to come to Christ. They are known as the Tribulation Saints. And they're crying out with a loud voice, salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. And the reason I believe that it's not the church is because one of the the elders asked John, who are these arrayed in white robes, and where did they come from? And and John said, you know. Um, He didn't know who they were. And so the angel says, these are the ones that come out great tribulation. So many people are going to get saved in the tribulation period. That is the result of the ministry of the 144,000 from every tribe, tongues, peoples, and nations. So that's who the 144,000 are. Wow. That's, yeah, a, wow. that's an emotional piece. <laughs> <laughs> it is. A lot of stuff going on. 
Then later on, you have the two witnesses in chapter 11. And then in chapter 14, you have an angel, the three proclamations from these three angels. One of the angels is going to proclaim the everlasting gospel to all the nations. So, um, and so you got a lot of things that are taking place. But here's the thing about the tribulation saints that many of them are going to be martyred by this one who comes riding on a white horse, the Antichrist, um, the one who will proclaim himself as God in the temple of God to be worshiped of God in halfway in the tribulation period. So as you go through the book of Revelation, it is the book to be understood. It is the book not to scare us, but to prepare us. Right. And we're living in days, you know, um, that we should be paying attention to the signs, the labor pains that are going on, but yet the church is ignoring it to a large part, and it's very unfortunate. The book of Revelation is meant to be studied, and there's a special blessing attached in chapter 1 to those who read the words, hear the words, and keep these words. So we don't want to ignore that book, and so keep reading. You'll come to understand it on our website, Calvary Chapel Greeley. I just got done doing the book of Revelation. 11 months, Wednesday nights, you can go through it, and hopefully you'll understand it. Thank you so much. Hey, I hear I hear little ones in the background. Yes. Those yours? <laughs> yes. <laughs> you have a you have a Merry Christmas, all right? Thank you so very and, much. You do the same. Yeah, you and your family. And and you know, we're thankful for Jesus first coming. And, you know, and we're going to go to Bethlehem next Tuesday, you know, on Christmas Eve. But know that he's coming back. And I believe oh, that wow. he's gonna take He's going to take the church out of here before all that tribulation starts, you know. So keep looking, keep reading, all right? You have a Merry Christmas, Felicia. All right, thank you. You do the God same. We'll be you. praying for you as well. Th- thank you. Thank Everybody you. out there you. listening, you bet. God bless you. Have a great, great evening, and we'll talk to you next time. You've been listening to Calvary Live. Tune in next time for prayer and God's Word.